Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. What's up, everyone? It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Daniel Throssell from the Persuasive page. He is the uh, he won the uh, Black Friday. We had this big Black Friday promotion back in December, well, end of November to December, and uh, I was twenty or six. I think sixteen. World class, you know, a lot of copywriters at the top of the game, like the kind of people that you would think would kick ass, and they did kick ass. But this this skinny kid from Perth who's a fairly <laughs> he's a bit of a newcomer to the copywriting world he's only been around for a few years you know he comes in and basically just wipes the floor with everyone it was incredible it was incredible to watch and so I uh, thought it'd be fun to uh, get on here and get him to talk about maybe reveal some of his secrets he's got a course coming out where he's going to break it down because he's a marketer and that's what marketers do they sell stuff and even records a video of him writing the sales page so he can sell the video of the sales page. It's, it's just guys relentless. So anyway, he's back here. He's coming on today. He's been on the podcast before. And we're going to find out how he actually pulled this thing off. So Daniel, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for having me back. That was a very flattering <laughs> interview. <laughs> Actually, I haven't even announced that I recorded that sounds page yet. So this is like the sneak preview. I hope that was okay that I said that. I was like, no, it's, com- <laughs> it's completely fine that you said that. There you go. Well, Peter, what was just anticipation, mate? People are going to love it. So best place to start is, I mean, that's a bit of a background. Maybe give your side of like just a bit of a recap on what the hell happened in your words. And then we can get into how the whole thing came together. Yeah, well, you you want me to go into a bit of the sort of the, the drama backstory behind <laughs> it because that, that was a big element of you know that's like the whole element for you. That's like the, yeah. you built this thing for Aria. So let's, let's oh, go there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll start with that. So you know, I mean, you I, you had this promo, and we got to tell people that I literally had to apologize to copywriters midway through this sale. Cause I was like, I've come out taking this so seriously that I feel like everyone else is like, what are you doing? We thought we were just doing a black Friday contest and you freaking come out and nuked it with this drama and last uh, ever sale offer. So what happened for anyone who's listening to this? I, I doubt there is anyone listening to this. Who it's probably about three people. I think. Yeah. 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 But it, <laughs> that I came out and we, we were doing this promotion where, what was it? Everyone throws in a product, makes this bundle. Yeah. Selling our own list. Yeah. Yeah. And um, whoever got the most sales was the winner. That was it. And so there was, um, I, I can't get through this interview without saying his name. I can't get through this. It's not going to make any sense. So right. Matt Bockenstedt, Matt Matt, who, who did well, he placed second. He placed second in this thing. Uh, he had, you know, he, he was very serious about uh, winning. Because, you know, you and I, John, we I'd been in a few of your bundle sales before that. And I'd always, um, except for the very first one, always placed first in them. Yeah. And so um, I had a bit of a reputation going. <laughs> and uh, 
Matt, Matt was really keen, I think, on on taking that crown. <laughs> He's as competitive as you are, is. basically is what you say. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, no hate for that. I'd want to wow. take the crown from me as well. Yeah. Gloat about it, run around with the crown on my head. So he, um, he started before the sale coming out with this really, really good offer, you know, like a lot of stuff, a lot of valuable bonuses. He'd done some negotiations with other people like Brian Kurtz to get some bonuses that he was offering. He was even throwing in physical merch if you bought from him. Mm. So he was coming out with this pretty strong offer. And I remember you even emailed it to me uh, when he, when he'd done it, you, you actually forwarded his email to me. You remember? And you were like, he's coming for you. <laughs> you Vaguely. Yeah. 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 You did. You, you sent me this email. He's like, Oh, he's coming for you. And I think, you know, you're always like trying to stir up the contest as well because it's, it's fun. So <laughs> I saw that and I was like, far out. He is, he is trying to beat me the sucker. Yeah. And, um, I, I'd actually got word from a couple of other copywriters that he'd, he'd even uh, asked, offered to pay them to promote his offer. And I was like, wow, this is getting serious. The thing was there, there was a little bit of pre-existing beef between us because I'd, I'd sent him an email saying, look, I'm not happy that one of the emails you're using in your welcome funnel is obviously patterned from mine. And uh, could you please take it down or give me credit for it? And the response was, I'm, I don't want to reopen everything entirely, but the response was not entirely to my satisfaction. Right. And so I was, I was a bit, I was a bit miffed about that. And I actually didn't want any more drama than that. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm just not going to push it any further. So I'm not happy with that response, but we'll just leave things be. And that was a month, maybe a month or two before this Black Friday stuff had come around. So I'd still had that kind of tension there. And then when I found out Matt was trying to beat me, going to the point of, you know, negotiating all these bonuses and um, <coughs> paying people to promote the thing, I was like, golly, this is, this is getting serious. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he'd said he told someone else that, you know, he was just trying to beat Ian, Ian Stanley, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I was the favorite beforehand and we all knew that. So basically I was like, I'm going to win this thing and I'm not going to lose to a guy who's just been, in my opinion, a little bit rude to me. And then he's going to try and knock, knock me off my perch. I'm not having that. So what I did, it was kind of a two prong strategy to, to get the most attention and drama. So the first thing I did was like, I need a better offer. And I sat there because I had this course on storytelling. I'm still working on it now, months later. Uh, it's going to be called Email Storyteller. And that was the most requested thing that I've ever done because everyone's always like, Can you, are you teaching storytelling? Your stories are so good. Have you got a course on it? And I was like, well, I better put one together. And I was working on that when this all came to light. And so I was like, well, I'm going to accelerate the development of email storyteller and I'm going to give that, I'm going to put that in, maybe do some kind of discount on it as my launch offer, because that people, my list is going to go crazy for that course. Uh, and that was my original plan. But I was like, oh, I don't know if that's strong enough. And so I'm sitting there thinking, what, what else can I do? And I realized I have this other suite of products, which is like, it was like $3,800 to buy it all. Wow. And maybe $300 of them was all, were already included in our bundle. So I had $3,500 worth of courses. And I was like, what if I just throw all of that in for free? 
And um, not only that, but I actually reframed the offer, if you remember. And maybe we can get, I don't want to open too many threads here, but it's actually a very bit of a tactic that I used. But anyway, I threw in, I threw in all those courses as a bundle. And so everyone else is positioning it as, you know, buy 497 and you get 16 copywriting courses in one and they'll give you this bonus. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to supplant this whole thing. Number one, I'm going to make you buy the upsell and the front end to get the bonus. So like there is no negotiation. And so I ended up getting like a 100% upsell conversion rate for that, for that thing. And Roy Fur wrote about it. He was like, I saw Daniel's upsell rate at 100%. And I was like, how is that even mathematically possible? Oh. Like his was at 23. Uh, and that was because I was like, There's, there is no upsell option. You are buying the upsell to get this bonus. And then you're not buying this bundle. Screw the bundle. I mean, much love for all these guys, but whatever they have to sell is an extra bonus. You're getting all my stuff for less than a thousand bucks. And that just was like a firecracker to my, to my email list. So that was a tech number one. I guess we can come back and drill into that in a second. And the second thing was not only coming out with that offer, but I framed the campaign as like my last stand against, against Matt. And so at the time he'd actually recruited, you know, he'd been trying to recruit people to promote me. I actually thought he was going to end up with more than he got. Some people said no to him apparently, Um, but he was going to have a lot of people mailing for him, promoting him. And I was like, he's going to get way more reach than me on this offer. And he's got a lot of stuff in it. I won't deny he had a pretty generous offer for what you were paying. I'm not going to deny that. That's why I had to try so hard. And so I, came out saying like, look, here's the backstory between me and Matt. And now he's trying to beat me and I am not going to lose to a guy who's going to treat me like that. So this is my last, the last offer I'm going to do. And I also said, I am not going to do any more discounting on my products. Cause I'd used sales before I was thinking until then, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't like it that I could put a course on sale for, a, you know, it goes to a thousand bucks. Someone buys it and then Someone's like, I paid 1500 bucks for that last week. Well, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, oh, that doesn't make me feel good. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to wrap it all up together. This great offer, this last ever sale. That's what I framed as my last ever sale. And I wrapped it all in this narrative about this is a, you know, a battle between me and Matt and not just me and Matt, but there was this transcendent theme to it of it's like good versus evil of, yeah. of purity and originality versus swiping and copying. And, you know, there is that Matt kind of stands for that. And there's, there's these two streams in copywriting. One's like this original and creative and one's like the swiping and copying. So I just played up the drama and conflict between those two sides. And I was like, which side are you on? Mm. Someone Shiv, Shiv had even made up hashtags for it. He'd made, jokingly wrote about it as team Thrustle. So I just, uh, team, team Balkenstedt. So I just got on that. I got right on <laughs> Got the hashtags on it. And it came out with that, you know, two or three pronged attack all at once. And it just blew the doors off, man. I was stunned. You and I were texting on WhatsApp and I was like, whoa, what's happened? I was not expecting that response. Yeah. It's like in the first hour, you get like every minute, two minutes, bang, bang. And they're all like, everyone's getting the upsell. It's, it's just like, usually you get like 20%, maybe 30%. It's just every, every sale from you upsell, upsell. What, what the, what, what's going on here? This is, uh, it's quite a trip, man. 
And then you also like the other uh, side to it was to say it was 10 days, I think 10 full days. And you only did four with the, with the, I think you mentioned that you thought you'll get, you reckon you can get whatever sales you get in 10 days, you can get them in four days. Like doing it for 10 is not going to give you any more. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah. I, I had done a few launches through the year. And so I'd done a launch on my course, email celebrity earlier that year. Yeah. And it was a, I opened the cart for three days, I think. And I actually raised the price throughout that launch twice, but you know, partly because I had to, and partly because I was testing it out. And what I found was really weird that even though I smashed my list on the last day with like seven or eight emails, which I normally do, um, my last day wasn't the biggest. There wasn't a spike in sales. And I was like, that's interesting. I've never seen that. Well, I've, I've very rarely seen that happen before. Mm. And so like some people were like, oh, you know, it's proof that your methods aren't working. You don't need to send that many emails. But I was seeing it as like, uh-huh. So I'm kind of learning something about if you're manipulating the offer through the sale, you can get people to act earlier. And even on the third day, I was seeing this big drop off in sales. So I had been practicing and testing this out on several launches throughout 2021. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, by the time you came around and said this thing was around for 10 days, I was like, I'm going to gamble that I can do in four days what, what I could do in 10. And yeah. if I do that, because it's a contest and I would not normally do something like this, uh, but we, we had an, an incentive structure set up, right? That the, the more you sold, the more money you made. Right. So it was, it was going to cost me real money to not win this thing. So I was, I had to go super competitive. And that's one of the reasons I think I had to <laughs> send that apology email to all the other copywriters. I was like, I feel like I've, I'm the kid who just took it way too seriously, but I came out and I was like, you know what? I want you to buy from me first. Cause then you're not going to have any money to buy anyone else's course. Yeah. So that's why I want my deadline on day four. So while everyone piles in, they've got just no money left to go buy it twice. So that was a pretty deliberate strategy on my part. Which was, what was the strategy to, to, to end the, to close the card early, to close the card. Uh, I, so. I only, yeah, I only offered my, my stuff for that four days. And that was really deliberate because I wanted yeah. to kind of steal the sales. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Get everyone basically moving quickly on yours because they're not going to be able to go and buy it. Don't give them, t- don't, don't give them too much time to think about it. Get them in quickly. You know, one thing that, that, that uh, I've heard mentioned like as a, to play devil's advocate on this, the, the criticism that some people probably have that might be listening to this and be curious to hear what, how you would respond is, do you think you've cannibalized your future sales on all those products? Because you've got all these people in who might've bought later on. You know what I mean? Right. How do you, yeah, you've probably thought absolutely. About yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I've definitely thought about it. So there are like a few things I would say to that. The first is, you know, like in business, you just, you want the money in your pocket earlier than later. And I, there, there are things I say even that contradict that, like that I want to play the long game, but there are times at which like you just, I'd rather have that. What if the, what if the economy crashes three months after that and no one wants to buy copywriting training anymore, you know? Yeah. So there is that argument for just sometimes moving fast and getting the money rather than always playing the long game. The other thing is like a lot of those courses had been out for quite a while. And so there are a lot of people who, I think, you know, they might have bought, but there's a lot of people who just really saving up $3,500 to buy all that stuff is 
a lot of money for them. And bringing that down to a thousand dollars really made a difference. And it wasn't just my stuff you were getting, you were getting yeah. everyone's courses. It truly was. I don't know if you ever will see an offer that good again, yeah. frankly, that's what you were getting. Cause you're getting stuff from Ian Stanley. You're getting all the swipe files that Matt's selling. You got your top end courses, Kim Schwalm's top end courses. So it was, it was really good stuff in there. Yeah. So it was, it was a good deal. And the third thing I'll say is actual experience has proved. I thought that as well. I was like, well, I'm not going to make any money for the next year because <laughs> I just sold all my courses as hard as I can. So no one's ever going to buy anything from me again. I did it. I did um, uh, 30K US in sales the next month after that. Yeah, yeah wow. And, uh, you know, I was like, that was a lot more than I was expecting for after having done so much the month before. Yeah. So that was really, that really shocked <laughs> me. And so just then I just launched Campaign Conqueror last week, which was about, you know, the Black Friday campaign mainly and how I do my campaigns. And that launched like, I don't want to talk about the figures for for everyone to hear, but like that did really, really well. So, you know, this idea that no one's going to buy stuff from me, I had that fear. I was like, you know, maybe this is the last money I'll ever make, but oh, well, it was good while it lasted, but no, it it didn't, it didn't stop. People are still buying. And the attention that it got me ended up getting more leads and sales. Well, (laughs) this is something you seem to be really good at better than good at to the point where it pisses a lot of people off, which I know that you don't seem to care about at all. You actually like, you ask for it. You like, no, like, let's piss some people off. The more they pay, the more the other people are going to love me. So let's just, you know, it's, but you're really good at that. And that's what you've yeah. done with this whole, like you've taken the promotion or right, let's, let's rub, ruffle some feathers, piss some people. Oh, now it's a product. And then when I'm writing the sales page for that, I'm going to record that and make that. And then you probably do like a, a, a loom of a loom of you record. Right? <laughs> this, is how, this, this is how you record a loom and turn it into a product. i've got to tell you though man writing sales copy on a loom is the my least favorite thing to do in the world i took the whole day to write the sales page when i probably could have done it in like three to four hours yeah i gotta narrate it and it's just so much pressure when i'm sitting there thinking when i get stuck i'm like pressure 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 they're watching they're watching they're watching so i hate it i've only recorded two sales pages for that reason and i was like at the end of that day, I was like, so glad it was done. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I, I was trying to, to economize a, a little bit on that. I am always thinking about the marketing angle we could take. Yes. Very, huh? <laughs> what? It's a very interesting thing, right? Cause copywriters are all about bullets and headlines and it's just all standard copywriting stuff. Whereas this is almost like courting controversy as a marketing strategy. And yeah, it does piss people off, but yeah, the attention that comes out of this, cause you can say, well, maybe you can analyze some of those sounds, some of those, but why bought in the next year, but the amount of attention, cause you're obviously milking this for everything that it's worth. Now you go, I'd be all these copywriters and I'm, you know, you've got your graphs on your sales page, you know, the, you know, it's like a hockey stick graph. Well, it's like this climate change graphs, you know, it's all flat for a while. And then the last one is just where it blows up. You just, you milk this for everything. It's worth. So, and that's got a value to it. It's got an economic value. You're using that to it sell does. stuff. So it does. And yeah, you're right. And there aren't even, even my wife was like, she saw those graphs. I showed her this house page uh, and she's like, aren't people going to be angry at you for showing that? And I was like, I hate to tell you this, but they've been on my email copywriting compendium sales page for like a year. 
most of them. Oh, yeah. So I've already done whatever damage can be done. People already hate me. And during that, during that Black Friday promo, I got so much hate. Like, even me, I have a really high tolerance for being slandered online because I think it's funny. I think it's so funny when people slander me and I get like attention from it. And I'm like, yes, you're feeding my children right now. So it doesn't bother me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, right. It's like dollar for my child's school. I keep going. Yeah. But um, like there was so much hate and anger during that. Like people saying you're being so negative. Even, you know, other people in the bundle while we were doing it were right. writing about it. And I will say that is the marketing coup de grace when your competitors are writing about your offer during the sale, you have won the game, but you know, they were, they were saying like, Oh, you know, this is really too dramatic. This is too negative. And there was just a lot of hate online. I had like, people were talking about it in like Stefan Georgia's Facebook group. Yeah. And he weighed in, he was like, you know, this feels like a marketing ploy by Daniel to get us all talking about it. Now I'm, I'm, I don't really want some beef, but I'm calling him out. He actually wrote that. And I had asked people to share it, but I never ever said to anyone, go share it in his group specifically. So actually I was so frazzled. I actually wrote an email. I was so tired during that. So I was like, Stefan, I don't want to fight with you right now. Like any other time we can do that, but not now too much drama going on. And there was so many people commenting on it saying, I'm just an idiot drama queen, whatever. It was pretty full on, but you know, then I went and cried into my dollar bills. Uh, it's funny, man. Like this is what they say. Like any controversy, right? any what is it? Any PR is good PR. Any attention is good. At least people are talking about you. <laughs> Absolutely. And here's what I say. Here's what I say. Like for people who are thinking, like this is so mean. This is so bad. I want to point out something. Matt Bockenstedt came second in that sale. Okay. This did not hurt him. I did him a favor as well. And I know that every time I've bashed Matt or made a comment about Matt or trolled Matt. He gets attention too. There are some, not everyone loves me. There are yeah. some people every time I do it who get more polarized against just, me just and few. format. Nothing and there like are some people, <laughs> there, they, there are people who take his side. There are people who rally to his cause. There yeah. are people who've never heard of him and go look him up. I'm aware of this. Like yeah. it's, it's a two way street. So when, when there's controversy, both of the parties involved are getting free attention. So I don't feel completely evil about it because whatever injury he has sustained has been um, compensated. But also I'm not, I was only retaliating against perceived wrongs that he had done me. So I'm not like, I don't go out and just attack people for, for the sake of it. So I, right. I will say that in my defense that there, he made a lot of money too. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in these kinds of situations, I think, cause you, you, I mean, you, if you people go see this graph on your uh, email sales pages, email compendium sales pages, <laughs> um, they'll see. It's not like, you know, it's like Matt came second, but just to be completely honest with people, like second place, like I've got the stats right here. I'm not going to take exact <laughs> numbers, but like, I mean, second place, Daniel's still six or seven times, like first place. It was classic 80-20. You took out... Yeah. Well, I, my sales were literally more than half of everyone. So I sold more than everyone else put together. 
So yeah, it was exactly. Uh, yeah. So when you say second place, oh, they make good money, but we're talking, you're, 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 it's a whole different, we're talking a whole different level. We're comparing apples to oranges here. <laughs> and that's, and that's where I wanted to be center of attention, center of um, sales, center of controversy, center of all the stuff is, is totally fine. I, honestly, I was surprised that it worked so well. Yeah. Because in my mind, because like, you didn't really know either, you didn't know what was going to happen. No, I didn't know it was going to go off that big. Yeah. And also in my mind, I'm like, I'm up against copywriters. Like, these are the best people in the world. I thought like this was going to be a really tough battle, but as soon as I come out with the drama, it's like they forgot who they were. And my friend John Bajakovic, you know, email copywriter as uh, well. Yeah. He had a I tried really, to get him on board really, as well. Yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> This year. He had a really good take on this. And he was like, it's weird because it seems like the copywriters have forgotten, you know, they're happy to agitate prospects, but as soon as it's them getting agitated, like they just break down, they can't handle it. Yeah. And so if it were me, like if someone else had tried, and this is cool because I haven't said this to anyone. So this is exclusive for anyone who's listening. If this happened to me and someone else had started this drama, like you can bet I would be wading into the middle of it and finding a way to make it about me because yeah. there's no way I would sit by and passively let some other guy take up all the attention. Yeah. So if there was this accusation that came out, let's say, I don't know, I would look into the two, see who I thought was right. And I will come out with my biggest case about why so-and-so is full of crap or something. Yeah. So if, if I was someone else, I'd be like, well, I looked into Daniel Throssell's past and here's what he's not telling you. So I'm completely with <laughs> Matt Block and Stett and we've allied in this sale or something like that. Can you imagine the drama? And that would get me in on the drama. Yeah. So there are so many ways if you're smart about this, that you could play this. To, to make it about you, which is why I was surprised that no one counterattacked me, frankly. All they did yeah. was snipe at me from the sides, which just gave me free attention. Yeah. Well, it's tricky, I mean, like, <clears throat> like this almost feels like a, like in copywriting, they don't, like this is obviously a marketing thing, this kind of, this is more like creative marketing, but you don't learn this in scientific advertising or breakthrough advertising. This is about how to write a sales page, how to do research, how to, you know, what words to use, which is all useful. But this is this requires creativity. Like if you can actually think about it. That's why it was so cool to see. And it's interesting. A lot of copywriters don't think like that. Mm. I, I, I have found that, and uh, you know, it's it works. It works well for me. You know, honestly, if, if they if they don't, I've just kind of given away my my secret to doing it. If anyone wants to come in in the next promotion, but uh, I don't think anyone wants to play with me anymore. They're like he's he's a bit of a powder keg. We better stay away from that. Well, that's guy. what we're gonna. Maybe we'll see this year if we end up doing it again. It's <laughs> like, who's got the balls to challenge Daniel Frossel for the title of Black Friday King? Something like that, you know. Even yeah, you'll get you'll get a lot of you'll get a lot of attention and drama. Or or are you afraid? Are you afraid? <laughs> Getting beat. See, see, this is you. This is your role. You were the one exception to all this because you, quite frankly, couldn't care less about what's going on because John, very cleverly, you know, you're getting the cut of all the sales that come in. So you're like, <laughs> I don't care what you guys do, punch each other as much as you want because Papa John is making his cut. And there's nothing wrong. With <laughs> I've always said to you, you know, I've always said to you, I do not begrudge yeah. money that you make in bringing these together because, like, stuff doing that all the work you have to yeah. do to arrange it so you're due your cut as far as i'm concerned but if i were you i'd be like i'd be just whispering in everything 
Matt, what's a bit? Did you see what Russell just said about you? Yeah. I reckon he told me this. I reckon you should say it. <laughs> tell, um, tell a bit more, Matt. Tell a bit more. Tell a bit harder. You'll get it. It's like yeah, you push people's buttons, and you know, but it's all fun. Like it's like yeah, some people get upset, but it does. It makes it fun for everyone. Like it's fun for you, for the people involved. Well, most of them. <laughs> it's fun for the people watching. That's why they buy. Like they're because it's like it's entertaining. It's like it's and they can see these people know what they're doing. They go, oh wow! Like like you were writing your emails, just pulling that awful. That even if it wasn't true, and I'm not offering an opinion either way, but let's say it wasn't true, just the way you I don't know executed it would have made people go, wow, this is pretty pretty fucking cool. Like they're fucking talking about him everywhere. Like this guy kind of knows something, even if he's right. full of shit whatever he's doing is working. So I need right. to get me some of that. And there were a lot of people who said that there were people saying it was fake. And, and that was great for me because every criticism someone has is something you can address in oh my gosh, what this is the biggest water bottle I've ever seen. Dude. <laughs> just sorry. John just lifted like a keg to his head. <laughs> not, not an actual keg. It's not alcohol. Uh, uh, yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it's not alcohol. <laughs> So it just threw me off. But yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone says that. that. Everyone's like, what the hell is that? You're like a camel or something. <laughs> Where'd you go in the desert? <laughs> Mexico, isn't it? Uh, Peru at the moment. Yeah, maybe Mexico. Oh, Peru. 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 Everything best. people said about me as a criticism was something I could use to come back at in an email. And, you know, this is really behind the scenes, but I amp up the aggrievement. Like when I don't really care if some random I've never met says something about me, but when I write about it in an email, I'll be like, he's wounded my honor. Look, how dare he? Like, because people want drama. They are so freaking bored. Yeah. They, they're just looking for entertainment. All people are doing is like, oh, Netflix, oh, YouTube video, oh, Instagram. Like if I want my sale to be as interesting, I've got to add the drama to it. So what was funny to me was that people criticized me for saying you, you saying you are too dramatic. You're being too dramatic about this. This is like, I think high school drama came up more than a few times. And I'm like, people love high school drama. People yeah. tune into Netflix to watch drama. It's literally a genre. Why is it a bad thing? Yeah. Why would you not want drama in your sales pitches? So to me, manufacturing drama and milking drama and making drama happen is, you know, uh, seems to be my superpower. I wouldn't have thought it because like in real life I go to subway and like the girl's putting too much hot sauce and I just can't stop her. I'm just like standing there mute, like, uh, but, but then put me online and I'll just like start world war three between teens of people. Uh, and I got no problem with that. So it's but, just, but what you're saying is like, you don't like in your, if people just read your emails. They haven't spoken to you or maybe listen to you on a podcast. They're like this dude's like, he's pretty, he's, like, he's a drama queen. Like what the hell's going on? Like grow up. Man. Yes. They you don't do. realize you're playing it up. That's what I've seen. Like you, you, it's entertainment. Like it's like uh, when you watch celebrities on interviews or even in TV shows, like they play the whole thing up because it's more entertaining. It sucks you in more. It's all part of the show. Absolutely. And I think people don't, they don't really understand. A lot of people don't understand that. They think, Oh, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be like that. It should just be more. She should be like, a uh, absolutely. And, and you know what, man, we're talking about all these tactics I used and they definitely help, but there is one thing as well, which was my big advantage going into the sale. And even had I not had any of these other advantages, my list, I think 
was still one of the best quality lists in there. And we saw that over, over 2021, we did several other of these contests and mm. time and again, like I was winning or even the one I didn't win, you know, I came, I had two thirds of Ian Stanley's sales and one tenth of his subscribers. So mm. I've always focused on that bond with the email list and the relationship and the way that I email regularly is to really involve people in feeling they know me. So by the time that sale rolled around, you know, you could say Daniel did this, he started drama, he had this great offer, but you miss like two years worth of every, every day showing up with a fun story, a joke, something that's making people laugh and smile and love or hate me. And by the time that rolls around, like that's a lot of investment capital that I'm calling on. Even the fact that I was offering my products as the bonus I'd spent two years selling all those products. People were desperate for them. You, you sent me an email, a WhatsApp message during the sale. You were like, I'm getting help tickets from people who checked out and they, they aren't getting, they didn't get the right receipt or something. So they can't claim the bonus. And you, I remember you mentioned the, like the emotion that's coming through the panic that I'm seeing in your customers. Help tickets Mm. is unreal. Like they are desperate for what you're selling. And that was a function of two years of selling that stuff to them. And I kind of unleashed all that demand. So there is certainly that element to it of like, even with all the best tactics in the world, if you aren't building that bond with your list, like it's just, it's not going to work as well. And so that was a big secret weapon that I brought. Up, I, I guess the catch to that though, the, the response would be like, we're working with like 16 different, I mean, I don't email my list very often. Busy doing other things. We're around deserts in Mexico, I guess. Not really, but uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, most of these marketers on this list, we've got, I don't know about all of them. I say a good chunk of them. They're doing daily emails. So like, or some variation or close there. No, some of what is it about are, your approach that's doing it differently? It's not, and it's not exactly the frequency because daily emails can annoy people if they're not great. You know, yeah. it's like the, the very foundation of my email approach. One of the rules that I teach in that email copywriting compendium is that every email, someone should know you better. Yeah. And that is a goal. Even when I'm sending just a pure informational email, I will always find a way to insert some personal opinion or joke, or preferably my super strong preference is a story. I want story moments in as many emails as I can. And so it's kind of like the way when you watch TV show, you just fall in love with these characters because you watch them over time. Like if you watch friends for a long time or insert your favorite show, you just know all the characters. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So like by the time you've watched it for a long time, you just feel like, you know, these people. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing that a lot of people aren't doing. They're just talking about a tip and sometimes they'll get a little bit more advanced and now they'll, they'll use a random fact, like on this day in history, Abraham Lincoln was elected president. Now let me tell you three things about Abraham Lincoln, blah, blah, blah. And that's how it relates to your copywriting. It's like they might get a little bit more interesting than the tip, but still I, I didn't care about Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. What I care about is if you're like, Oh, this morning I was like, driving my car when I saw like this, this man just running past and he was totally naked. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I pulled over. I'm like, what's going on, dude? And he's like, you know, it's the nudist marathon today. And you're like, Whoa. And then I just making this scenario up because it's wild and crazy. But like, if you tell, I tell crazy stories like that, Uh, just the weird, funny, like make you sit up. What? I tell stories like that all the time. And so people are looking forward to getting these things from me. I, I missed a day the other day because 
I locked myself out of my computer with a, a, an internet blocker just for productivity's sake. I accidentally blocked my email as well though. Cause I normally block, block like my inbox and everything, but I blocked berserker mail. So I couldn't uh, send. So I was like, crap, but my wife was in bed and she sleep deprived with the baby. And I was like, I don't have the heart to go wake her up. And it was really late. So I was like, I'm missing a day after that. People are emailing me like what happened? I didn't get an email today. It's like, I didn't get my marketing email today. So <laughs> those stories are just like something crazy. I've stumbled onto something really, really effective with this because even a lot of the daily emailer people aren't doing what I'm doing in that regard. And so you see that in, in just the quality of my list over time. And so that's something I really recommend anyone who has a list is like, don't just write about interesting facts, write about yourself and your stories, because you are the thing that becomes most interesting to people when you can build a relationship. Yeah. It's funny. Like, like I said, I've been email, emailing my list very often, but when people mention it from the past, like they'll mention stuff like, Oh yeah. I remember you like sending, you know, telling me about how you ride a motorbike in Thailand or like they'll mention that stuff. They're not going to mention that random story about Abraham Lincoln or the, mm. I, again, I know exactly what you mean. They're just picking like, and I've done it before as you probably we've all done it. That's for this world, but it starts yeah, pick like a random thing and relate it to yes. whatever you're selling. Yes, exactly. But without the personal element, it's a bit just like, yeah, maybe it's because if you don't have the personal element, anyone could have written the emails. So it's like, why do and I that's care about exactly, getting that is exactly it, dude. And I, you know, I used to write emails like that. So I'm not, well, I am knocking it, but I'm not saying that I've never done it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that I found that the more I wrote about myself and my stories, the more engagement I was getting. And that's yeah. what people are really craving. They're not, they're not going to the inbox eventually to read like the new weird story about some, some news article you read, like I read this crazy news article the other day, like that is okay. That is more interesting than 90% of emails. But what's more interesting than that is telling them a moment from your day. Like just yesterday I was driving and I was having this thing with Siri. Like I'm like, Hey Siri, play kick-ass copywriting secrets by John Carlton. And she's like, okay, now playing Sherlock Holmes. And I'm like, no, and just have this argument. So that was my email yesterday, this back and forth argument I had with Siri and how dumb she was. Wow. And people were writing in like, this is your best email ever. I'm like, you must not have been here long. If you think that's my best email ever, but thank you. Oh, <laughs> man. And then let's see, let's, let's, let's go look at the, uh, what's the call to action. I think I saw that. Uh, I haven't read it, but, uh, in, well, that one, the subject line is, Hey Siri, Hey Siri, play kick ass copyright. Whose emails are so good. They have copywriters like John McIntyre reading them every day. <laughs> so just, just, that was a merch field, by the way. Like I put it. Okay. Everyone's name. Okay. There, yeah. I was like, what was weird? This like, man, so, I'm, so I'm yeah, special. I had so <laughs> many people. There was one dude. There was one dude, right? It, so I had that line there. It was like, who's even, my emails are so good. They have copywriters like your name reading every day. And I had this one guy reply to me just last night. He was like, Am I the, I'll just call him Tom Smith. Am I the Tom Smith that you keep mentioning in your emails? That's exactly my name. That's exactly my name, man. Am, am I that Tom Smith? <laughs> it's a merch field, my man. <laughs> did you tell him that? Or did you get no, man? I did. I, but I haven't replied to him yet, but, but my rule is. That's going to be an email, isn't it? You're going to write well, an email. My, oh, <laughs> I've been thinking of it. My rule when people email me merge field questions uh-huh. is to like play it with a straight bat and be like, no, it was you. 
So I have people, I have people like, oh, I love the way I, I had a heart attack when you use, when you put my name in the merch field, I was like, what merge field? You know, I, I do that every time someone replies to me. That's how I, I take it. It's just so funny to me. One guy was like, thank you so much for mentioning me. And I just replied, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, okay. your, your question was though, how I got to the, to the call to action. Well, that's why I'm looking was, at it. Yeah. 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 Well, that one, that one uh, lent itself because I was like, Hey Siri, play kick-ass copywriting secrets of the marketing rebel by John Carlton. And then I was like, so I told the funny story about Siri. And then I was like, kick-ass copywriting secrets is one of my favorite books. However, I was thinking like you go really wrong if that's all you read because it's their parts that are out of date. So you want to mix it up with people who are doing really well now. So like, Who's doing really well now? Oh, look, me. And then I'm like, ask your phone. Hey, Siri, go to persuasivepage.com slash compendium. It's like my call. That was the call to action, right? Uh, but I could have written that email. How most people would write that email would just be without the story. They'd be like, one of my favorite copywriting books is Kick-Ass Copywriting Secrets. But there's a problem with that book. So you literally could chop off the story from the start of my email and send the email. And that's how most copywriters would do it. And that's a big difference with... You give me an idea. I should put this in email storyteller. What we're talking about right now. I should use this very email because such a great example. Yeah. You could literally slice off the story and send the email. That's a shame. And it would work, right? And and so the difference between what I'm doing is I am really turning that old copywriting adage on its head, which is like, don't put in any warm-up copy, don't put in any words that don't lead to the sale. I flip that on its head and I will say, stuff in as much irrelevant personality as you can. Yeah. Short term, that might lower readership. Long term, it's gonna skyrocket your engagement. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing, and that's why it works. Uh, it's an interesting way to think about it. Like you're right where you go, oh, yeah, there's this book, but there's a problem with the book. And yeah, this problem is going to make you feel bad because of agitate, agitate, agitate. And oh, by the way, the solution is to blah, blah, yeah. blah. And that, that's your typical PAS yeah. or something, Ada or whatever, whatever you want to use. I don't think of these, but you know, that's the typical email. Yeah. But then me starts with the Siri conversation and the secret is, man, I don't start with the call to action in mind. Some people are like, and this is another rule that I teach in, in the email copywriting compendium. I'm like, right, your sales email backwards. People are like, hmm, I've got this product to sell. What's a sales pitch that could sell that? And sometimes I do that if I'm really desperate for the sale, but usually I'm playing the long game. I want to entertain. Yeah. And so I will get what's a fun story. And then I'll be like, how can I work that into the sales pitch? Yeah. Usually it takes a bit of creativity, but that's know, kind of fun. Better way to do it. Uh, you can kind of go either way. You know, what's, what, what am I selling? How do I work backwards? For, or you start with like a random, like the fly on the wall. Yeah. Let's make up a random, you just weave your way. And they're like, oh, yeah. That's a little metaphor for going to be a fly on the wall when you read your copywriting books like you guys' copywriting secrets. Yeah. And honestly, man, when, when anything happens to me during my day, like I just, I've honed that story spotting sense. And I'll be like, Aha. you know, my wife knows that if I run to the computer or whip out my phone while we're talking, she's like, you're writing an email about that. And I'll just get down the beats of the story and then I'll go flesh out the story. And then I'll be like, okay, where are we going to go with this one? I literally have no idea how I'm going to sell when I start writing the email. So yeah. that, like, that's just the way I do it. And it works really well. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if people want to learn about that, they can go get email storyteller and, 
It's that, I haven't even launched it yet, man. So just yeah, whatever, whatever you launch it, yeah. yeah. Just just go read some story. When you've got your whole thing, we've, we've talked about this before, but you don't need to go too deep into it. But your whole thing is your parallel welcome sequence. Because you're doing a lot of things differently to be. Well, this is the thing. Like you're stacking, the, and then any one of them might you know improve things a little bit. When you put them all together, though, you've got that parallel thing you do, which is 15 emails. I think I went through it. I shortened it. I shortened it. You should go through it again. It's oh. interactive now. You can choose. That's I added some choose your own path. Oh, shit. That's next level. We talked about this. It's like, you ever thought about doing <laughs> like, a, like an old Goosebumps <laughs> book, you know, it's like, yeah. if you want to do this, go to this page, you want to do that. Yeah. So it's shorter, but you can go down different paths. Yeah. And it's, it's not a huge divergence because I don't want to confuse people, but you can choose some like different, uh, that's it's good, linear, mate. but it's, I don't, I don't know when you sleep, but I hope you get some <laughs> for survival. <laughs> I have yeah. to check that out. Now you've got, you've got, so you've got parallel work from Stevens. Who does that? Very few people. You've got, I guess, the choose your own adventure thing going. You've got manga in there now, like comic, like it's like yeah. Japanese. Like. Oh, dude, I, I got to show you the, um, I've just got some cool art. I'm going to have to text it to you after our interview. Okay. Yeah, dude. I've seen a bit of it. You know, check out your side. Let's see what's going on. Cause you seem to be mixing things up. Um, there's no longer a picture <laughs> yeah. of you on the homepage. It's a picture of you. What's well, not <laughs> the, 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 Yeah. Huh? It's, it's the anime illustration of me. That's right. Uh, that's, that's, that's right. like, you, like you, the matrix. That's how you see yourself, right? You know, when he goes in, it's like <laughs> the residual self image or whatever they call it. That's what you look like. Well, I'd say, I'd say you've definitely like kind of hit upon one of my strategies, which is to kind of stack all this uniqueness together. And like, so when you go check out Daniel <laughs> Russell, you're not just getting like, he's got the parallel welcome sequence and he's got like this crazy email storytelling style and his sales pages are totally different to anyone else's and his courses are all on a mobile app and they're like really well thought through. So I'm just trying to add all these, I don't know, competitive moats, I guess. Yeah. Just like, even if you tried to knock off what I was doing, it'd be really, really hard. And a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So like that's, that's what I'm getting at. I think. Getting at, having all these well, that, that, that's that's what i'm trying to do with with my strategy yeah uh well i'm excited to see uh, if we do another one of these bundles sometime if you're uh you have to find a way to do it without making it a discount thing or have to work on that strategy sometime but uh yeah i'm keen to see what's coming next uh, man i'm like well, what's yeah, what's around the corner i don't know what's the <laughs> I don't know, man. I've got I've got a few more courses coming out uh, this year that oh, I'm working on. And I have I have some pretty uh, cool things in the pipeline, but I can't talk about them yet. Um, I might tell you after after we're off recording. But I got some cool cool developments that are right. cooking up. I'll stop recording right now, and then you can Not before we get my URL in there. Oh yes, all right, all right. Before we go, then. It's been much a pleasure, Daniel Frossel, persuasive page coming on to talk about the drama of the Black Friday sale last year. Thank you. And you should get on his emails at persuasivepage.com. Is that the one? Persuasivepage.com. <laughs> should we spell it out for people in case they don't know how to spell it? Oh, oh. I, can just, I was going to say they can Google Daniel Throssell, but uh, even that they spell wrong. Google should fix it up though. Between just, Googling my name and persuasive page, you should get there. Daniel Frossel. I don't yeah. want you on my list. 
If you can't spell either of those things, you shouldn't join my email list. Oh, that's probably a good idea. I mean, persuasive. If you can't spell persuasive, you probably you shouldn't be working that. in the persuasive yeah. industry. <laughs> exactly. You're not writing copy for money for people. So that's our barrier. We're going to leave that there as our barrier to end. Persuasive page. There you go. Well, I'll have a uh, keyword of that in the show notes at dropdeadcopy.com. So I won't link that. People can just copy and paste that into Google. You can, can put the link in. You can put the link in the show notes. You can put the link in the show notes. <laughs> I gotta give you that backlink for sure. No, I'm just yeah. We'll do all that, but uh, thanks again for coming on the show, and we'll I'm sure we'll do this again sometime the next time. Well, we'll see. I mean, you're gonna have to win again, you know. Like that's the <laughs> I have to earn it. No. <laughs> yeah, earn your spot, yeah. Cool, man. Thank thanks you for having me on, dude. Yeah, dude. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a well-paid freelance copywriter so you can live life on your terms, check out my webinar on how I get paid up to $10,000 to write simple, fun emails. And I'll even show you how I got started with no experience, no connections, and no formal writing training. To get the training, go to www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. That's www.themcmethod.com slash webinar. Yeah,